Hey everybody, what's happening? Back here again with another episode. Um, checking in with some great art advice and talks, lectures and other info you can find on this channel. Um, back in with a new uh, interview with an amazing artist. Um, one guy that I've been trying to get on here for a while now, but uh, Jesus, yeah, just schedules, time differences and a whole hell of a lot of other things I've got in the way. Um, but he is finally here, um, so please welcome to the podcast, uh, Ryuma Pazzi. Um, if I got that right, oh, hopefully I did. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yay, Thanks for having welcome. me. Hello, everyone. Yeah, way. Um, yeah, so like I was saying, you know, uh, time differences are, are kind of a bitch, but where are you located at the moment? You're Are you somewhere in Asia by any chance? Because EST is in that, is it in that area? Or towards maybe even like Spain, Barcelona or... I'm actually in the New York time zone, so currently I'm in Atlanta, uh, but oh, uh, that's going to be for a very short while. I'm actually moving to uh, San Francisco at the, by the end of the week. Okay, yeah. I don't know what EST, I, I, I assumed it was something like Eastern time, and I assumed it was, but it'll be Eastern on the on the, the American coast, obviously. I was thinking it was Eastern over this side of the world, this side of the globe, <laughs> right. so... Um, yeah, just getting used to time zones myself, because uh, I'm also moving at the moment, I'm um a couple of weeks out from moving to shibuya uh in tokyo so yeah congrats to that man that's a yeah. pretty crazy like life-changing event yeah it's gonna be um interesting to say the least i don't know what to expect from the next 12 months but uh ah fuck it it's an adventure right like this is the whole <laughs> this is the whole thing with as artists is that you just have to upheave your life sometimes and just go and try shit so um that's so, right yeah. and as as are you heading to San Fran for uh, a gig for a for a uh, job? Yeah, uh, I'll be over there. I'll be. I actually got offered a position to be an art director of at Monami Park. Uh, one of the games they've worked on is a slime rancher, and okay. uh, yeah, I'll be a part of the team. And uh, I'm pretty excited to see what kind of experiences it'll bring me. Oh, sweet man! Yeah, I mean, you've had such a varied career. Like, I mean, even straight out of school, you were at Riot, either freelance or you were in the studio, mm -hmm. or yep. Yeah, which is crazy, I think, for um, someone so young, right? Because, you know, it's, well, for me, a lot of the guys I know who've went to Blizzard or, or Riot or, you know, they've bought about a couple other uh, studios first and then landed in Riot or, or Blizzard. Um, I think the last person I know who went quite young was um, uh, Becca Rose Halstead. Like, she um, basically went straight out of Chicago um, art school into um, uh Blizzard as someone on the, the the WoW texture team, but yeah, as as kind of um, quite quite incredible if you can land that as almost your first gig. How did that come about at school? Was that through just networking, or was that you kind of having a back and forth with the studio? Or yeah, I mean that was a uh, I think the right place at the right time. Um, so that was during my master's program. I was over at this program called uh, FIA, which is Florida Interactive Entertainment Academy. And essentially, it's a, a program where it focuses on uh, uh, creating, uh, focusing on the production side of game development. And uh, I was on the art track. And uh, during that year, uh, one of the years there, it's a two-year program, I actually went to GDC. And uh, there was a huge Riot booth. And uh, I met with the team there that was kind of out there scouting and uh I hit it off really well with the people there and uh, they uh, offered me a position after a couple of back and forth in emails. So yeah, I was oh. very fortunate to kind of be in the right place at the right time and also working on the right content because um, 
at at that time, I, I kind of did some fan art. Uh, well, there was a, a competition for the Lunal Revelry, and I, I think they do this still uh, yearly, uh, once a year. Right, okay. And uh, yeah, they they already knew my work from kind of like getting like a, an honorable mention. And then after I was sending emails, I was like, hey, here's a skin idea. And uh, I think I can talk about this because it's already out and everything. But it, it was like kind of like an arcade Hikarim, like it was, he was a robot unicorn was kind of a thing that people were playing. And I thought, okay. hey, Hikarim is my favorite jungler. Uh, mix that with the robot unicorn and see how they responded. And they were like, hey, you know, this is crazy because we're actually working on this currently. So they're oh, like, wow. hey, would you like an art test? And I was like, yeah, of course. Yes, please. <laughs> let me let me think about that one for a while. Uh, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, I think it's just, uh, I think where uh, these big studios um, always seem like the the things that are out of reach for people. Like, um, I remember when someone I said to someone not too long ago that you know I would love to work for Blizzard. It's still my dream, and uh, he basically flat out said like you'll never work for Blizzard. It's never going to happen. And I was kind of like, well, that might be true in your eyes, but like you know, I, I would like to still believe that one day I could do it. And um, yeah, I think it's just good to have the attitude that you know. You can do it, and you know these these companies aren't like untouchable, and it's somewhere you'll never work. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and then was that for a, a shorter time, or were you there for a, a while, and then you moved on to something else? Or oh well, I was doing contracting stuff for them for like I would say about two two and a half or two and a half to three years. Yeah. So yeah, I was working on skins. I was uh, you know I had the honor to work on the world. The World Cup was happening during the time, and I actually was part of that event so yeah there's just like a couple of a lot of skins here and there so it's cool. wow yeah nice so and you were talking about the master's program it, it actually seems something um that a lot of people are doing now where you know that your degree isn't enough but like sometimes the master's is a good way to just more focus your field of vision into what you want to do um was that the case for you when you approached the master's was it something you were using to refine your palette you already developed yeah well i i've so I've always, so before that, I went to a uh, a bachelor's program to just do art. You know, I, I didn't really know exactly what it was. So uh, I learned that I wanted to do concept art and illustrations during that bachelor's. And then I entered this program wanting to learn more of that craft. Um, but this program, it wasn't actually very focused. Uh, the even though it had an art track, it was like, hey, this is modeling, this is rigging, this is animation. Here's the whole art pi- pipeline of what goes into a game development. So um, even though I didn't really f- learn the specifics of concepting and illustration, I learned a lot of the other parts of the production pipeline was actually pretty beneficial because then I would know the constraints of you know just a production in general. And that helped yeah. me become a better concept artist. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of these things where there's a whole conversation about, you know, being like a purist when it comes to art in general and, you know, do you involve photobash and do you involve 3D? And I think a lot of these things, they are just tools in a belt that help you expand your arsenal, that make you more attractive to studios, that, you know, open doors that you previously thought weren't, you know, or try tools that you thought you never really maybe like, but then you end up loving them, so... Um, and I take it that as a thing where you feel like, you know, that helped you once you got in the door, like you knew what animation was looking for. You knew what, you know, the, the in-game engine stuff would be like, is, is, was that the case? What's that what the master's kind of taught you? Yeah. I mean, like if I was, if it had everything gone my way, I would have probably just gone and learned concept art even further. 
But because I was, you know, I went to this program and it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of different avenues. I realized that I just didn't want to just design things. I wanted to kind of understand the whole production pipeline. And I guess that's why, you know, I'm doing art direction right now because I realized I love all the parts of production for art. And uh, that's, you know, it kind of, that was like the start of me developing that skill set. Wow. Okay, cool. And then, so for me, and then I suppose this is just my naivety because I'm so new to the industry, but um, with you being a, a, at Riot, where did the decision come to then leave that and then move on to Frostburn? Was that an opportunity that had just kind of landed on your lap through an email or a, or a conversation? Or did you want to leave Riot because you were felt like you weren't growing or you wanted to do something different? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I, I guess I'll kind of talk about the real, the real reality of the situation because um, at the time, uh, Riot was my dream job. Like before, I got the opportunity, and I was like, you know, when this thing came and kind of presented itself, you know, I, I was very lucky. I was very fortunate, and also after a while, I was, I felt like the magic disappeared, and okay. I wanted, I don't know, it, it. it then I realized that this is a game that I like to play. And this was also the first gig, you know, because I was looking for validation for my skills, right? Like I was like, oh, I, I wonder if I'm good enough. And I kind of got this opportunity. It's like, okay, you're able to become a professional. You're working on a game that you enjoyed, but is this really what you want to do? And that was a huge kind of question because I, to be honest with you, uh, working for some of the last couple of contracts for Riot, I was actually starting to hit some sort of tedium. Um, I was, uh, you know, I I was kind of like, you know, I I already learned the process and I've done this before. And it was like, here's the next, next assignment. And it wasn't fulfilling um, at that point. And even my work started to suffer. Like I was taking longer because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't making me energized. So uh, my switch to kind of Frostburn and like working with them, uh, they were they kind of provided me a new opportunity. It's like, hey, we have a new IP, we have a new project that we want to work on, and uh, we're kind of looking for you know visual development for it. And for me, it was like, okay, instead of just working on like a character, I could work on a world. And I think that was the ultimately the reason why I made that decision to go forward. Right. Okay. And I mean, that's that's going to be brave in itself. Where you know. You probably could have stayed at Riot and done work for them, you know, longer than what you were at, obviously, and, you know, got more gigs and, and maybe moved in and, and changed. But, yeah, you just wanted to take that leap again, you know, straight into the unknown and, and, and offer your services to another company. Um, because, yeah, for, for me, like, uh, there was a whole thing. Uh, um, you know Jamaro Kindred, right? The guy, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, Jamaro obviously, was very famous because... He made the whole website I want to work for Blizzard.com and yeah. you know that whole story of getting in and that was his dream gig. And then, you know, he recently maybe even last year, I can't remember or the year before, but he left the the Hearthstone team to basically work on a an IP now in a new company, um, that him and a couple of guys set up. Um it almost blew, I think, a lot of people's minds when <laughs> you know he was announcing he was yeah. like leaving, and we were like, Holy shit, like what is happening? Because yeah, like that was his dream gig, that was his forever job so um so yeah like i mean commendations to you like it, it must have been difficult uh, even though you felt it was the right move it still must have been painful to say to the guys i want to leave um was that the case was that kind of uh, i mean like you know 
so the the opportunity kind of working with riot like it kind of it was it was kind of scary because like obviously like they were doing really well like, they like everyone knew about league of legends and i was like if i if i stop working for you know contract contracting with them then ultimately i could be losing this big name you know by mm. by my uh resume but yeah. honestly like even though there was worry there i think there was more excitement of like oh man what kind of world am i going to build for the next project that you know that frostburn was offering to me so uh even though there were concerns i think the excitement moving forward was much larger so it helped okay yeah okay that's cool man that's cool um so yeah so you're in Frostburn, you're doing your gig there, things are kind of moving about. Um, so, again, from that, was, was Hasbro the next step as well? Or was that something, again, that was just added on top or another opportunity? Because the, the timelines kind of seem to mix at that point as well, where you're doing kind of a lot of things at once. Yeah. How did, how, how, yeah. Yeah. I, I, actually, that was a time when I moved over to uh, California. I went to uh, South LA. And um, I was, you know, I, 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 I was kind of following the dream of like, okay, I think maybe I'm going to, I want to work at Blizzard because Blizzard's a big name. And I think that's like a lot of like concept artists or even artists in the industry is like kind of a dream job. Right, so okay. I, I went over there and um, yeah, I was like, I, I, <laughs> I had barely any money. So I had to like juggle like tons of, uh, of jobs. So at one point I was juggling like seven projects. So this was between Frostburn, Hasbro and like, you know, uh, indie company games or even like, just even things outside of games and that was a it was a very stressful time but uh, i i appreciate it because i felt like i don't know if you watch dragon ball z but i felt like i was in a hyperbolic time chamber kind of training up <laughs> so it, it was a it was a crazy situation um yeah i can imagine you were goku in that show um, <laughs> yeah man i think it's it's one of these things especially when you're trying to stay relevant or stay in a position where you think this like this gig will get you more work and this gig will open this opportunity so you don't want to say no to anything right you want to just keep taking on work and try to yeah. balance everything and yeah which is you know it's like a double-edged sword because obviously you know on one side you know you're getting all these opportunities you're getting your name out there you're doing work for different games but at the same time you don't want to burn out you don't want to you know make yourself feel shitty or like again your work is suffering because you're not getting enough sleep you're not eating enough yeah you're not getting yeah. outside so um yeah i mean but ultimately like i know you know I want to bring the reality of the situation, not to kind of damper the mood because I, I, th I want to have a positive outcome for anyone that's listening to this. Yeah. But, um, you know, that was a really tough time in my life because, you know, I, I, I kind of gave, I gave up, right. I gave up the big name. I also was trying to go for another big name that honestly, I don't really like Blizzard games that much, but because everyone was talking about, you know, look, you know, look at the stuff that they do and like, you know, every good artist should go there. Um, I kind of followed that, blindly followed that that messaging. And um, that was also a time where I was kind of going through a lot of stuff, like personally with my family, uh, like, like negative disconnection. And there was a moment where I was kind of lost as a person and uh, emotionally distraught. Uh, Career-wise, I felt like I wasn't moving anywhere. And I was also by, you know, I was, I was by myself with, uh, you know, my girlfriend at, uh, in California. And yeah. It was all the stresses was kind of just creeping at me. And um, for me, it was like I was chasing the job at Blizzard or a studio just to validate myself instead of really understanding what I wanted to do for myself. 
you know, what, it, what really brought fulfillment for me. And that was yeah. a tough time. And, uh, yeah, like I, because of that, I, I went through a lot of difficult situations, uh, where I didn't need to, because I was looking for that validation. So, <sighs> yeah, I think if you look for validation and external things, it always can lead to a point where you can almost never be validated because you'll chase the next thing. Cause you could have gone to a blizzard and then be like, Oh, well now I need to do movies. Now I need to work on like star Wars. So that's <laughs> the next thing. And then you'll chase that and then you'll get that and be like, Oh, well, you know, I need to go work for fucking NASA and design rocket ships. Like, you know, there's always like the goal is, is yeah. constantly moving. And I think it was, um, again, I, I love to use this quote, but, uh, um, Eleanor Roosevelt was, was kind of saying that, you know, the, um, happiness is a byproduct of a life well lived so if you find that you know you're chasing something constantly and you're not you're not focusing on the present or what you have at the moment then yeah you'll never almost never really be satisfied completely so yeah um because yeah because ultimately it was just like a void i was trying to fill you know and i think that you're right like it's you have to be happy with yourself and then more happiness can come out of that once you you know you feel complete, you know, you can maneuver throughout the world and find, you know, things that you can add to your life that bring fulfillment. Yeah, so. man. I mean, it's one of the things I think, even though people have this fear of um, even not applying for things because they're scared of the reality. Like I know one guy I met this is years ago, right enough, but his stuff was good enough to work at Blizzard. And I was always saying to him, oh, you know, because he was like, he wanted to work for Blizzard. It was like one of his dreams as well. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, I would love to apply, but oh, what if they hate my stuff, man? What if they didn't like what I've got? And I'm like, dude, just apply. Like, what is the worst they can say? No. And he's like, I know, but if they say no, but then if they say yes and I get there and it's no any good and I didn't enjoy it, what am I going to do then? And I'm like, oh, my God, you like, you're, you couldn't overthink this anymore. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and, yeah, no, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, so, when you then kind of were hopping about these jobs and you were having this difficult time, you know, was this a thing where you were almost trying to um, like emulate another artist's journey or was it something that you felt like you wanted to go here because, or like, I mean, I'm trying to think how you went from Frostburn to Hasbro as well. Was that, I'm trying to think of that. I wouldn't know specifically, but would that be toy design or were you doing something for them internally? Yeah, I was, I was doing, doing some toy design. I was doing some environment stuff for them. Um, I mean, ultimately during that time, like I was taking a lot of contracts and even though like I was, you know, doing, picking up all these jobs to survive, what it also gave me was kind of like perspective, more perspective on what was interesting to me, uh, because I was experimenting as an artist and luckily getting paid for that experimentation in my life. Of course, yeah. Uh, and, uh, ultimately it kind of sharpened my like i guess my sword or whatever to know what exactly i wanted to do yeah definitely and then i think actually a lot of this would come out the fact that you know you've probably taken on such big opportunities at such an early point in your life you know i mean like for a lot of people like i said way um with uh riot you know or, or big companies like that that's typically something that would for a lot of people would come at the end and well, yeah, the end, yeah like you know maybe even midway through their career you know after they've been with smaller studios or worked in you know a couple of indie projects and then built up and you know went to triple a so yeah it probably sounds like a lot of this 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 tension or this this validation was coming because you were thrust into this life so early you know and you had to yeah. do a lot of these big jobs when you were still quite young because when you got your first job at riot how old were you then 
I was, oh man, like, I think I was like maybe 24, 25 or something around the, around yeah. that time. Yeah. Again, again, for that level, again, I feel as, as young, I mean, if you've got the talent, totally, it, it can match up, but then, um, even I think somebody who is, is prepared or has a, a, a breadth of artwork that is probably valid for that job, working in such a big company straight away is still a scary undertaking. No. Um, so yeah, I, I can totally see that as wouldn't have helped, you know, whatever else was going on in your, in your life. Well, I so. mean, like, I think at that time I was definitely a lot more superficial. And when you look at it, it's like, okay, I'm done with Riot. So it has to be something bigger. It has to be something better, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. And then I, that's why naturally like Blizzard was the next thing. It was like, that's the bigger company because they've been around for longer and they, you yeah. know, and, and it wasn't even that I had any interest of their, you know, their content. Uh, it was just, I, I was going for the next big thing. So yeah. And yeah, was, was the validation through? Was that for to try and pose a question that isn't too difficult for you to answer or be, or be personal here? But then, did you ever try and figure out maybe eventually who you were trying to validate or where that validation? Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. definitely. I mean, like, like I was saying earlier, and I, and I don't want to get in too much to it to kind of no, no, out of, no, no, yeah, out of out of respect for my family, but I, I can definitely give you more perspective on it from my side of it, but. Uh, definitely from my upbringing, definitely from my, um, uh, especially my parental, parental, uh, my relationship with my parents. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of, uh, due to a lot of kind of conflicts and trauma of the past of, you know, of my family history, <laughs> uh, there was always this feeling that I had to live up to, to these expectations. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like just, just to kind of, kind of give you a, a little glimpse, you know, my uh my my father passed away early on uh when i was like two and my um you know my mom at the, my mom like raised me and all that stuff like that and i can tell that there was a lot of that weight that emotional weight that she had behind and also i was the son of this person that is no longer in her life so yeah, yeah. There, was, there, there was definitely that toll that i felt like i had to i don't know it's like all right here i have to prove myself you know yeah, of course. No, I mean, I think it's it's a very common thing, and I find that it's even more common when people then try to associate with making art a career. Because for me, you know, I left a job five years ago now as an engineer um, to pursue art, and you know, for me at the time, trying to explain to my parents, you know, I know it's going to be a risk, and I know you maybe don't know much about what I'm trying to do here, but believe me, like this can be a fruition, a fruit issues. Uh, a, a job, a career, yeah. you know, um, please trust me, like, I know what I'm doing. But then, back then, you know, you're, it's hard to explain, like, oh, I want to draw pictures and people will pay me to do that. Like, enough money that, you know, I can have a house, I can have a life, I can, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I think it's a very common tale for, um, not just for, for, for kids and, and different families or people who have experienced loss, but also just the art community in general. It's yeah. it's, it's almost just a a thing when you try to tell people like, oh, I want to go be an artist and do art for the rest of my life. And people are like, okay, so you're going to be poor. You know, you're not going to have a job. You're not going to have any work. <laughs> but then they don't know anything about the entertainment industry. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah. And I think ultimately it's just like, you have people around you that do care for you and financial stability is something that isn't important in a lot of people's yeah, eyes. But um, there's also the emotional stability. There's the the fulfillment factor that will feed into your soul you know essentially and some of that can't be brought 
or bought by material possession. So having, you know, having that healthy uh, relationship with all these different factors, you know, like your, your, your relationship with others, your financial stability, your, your physical health, like all those things are ultimately what you want to kind of manage and tweak to really kind of optimize and find your, I guess, your true happiness, I guess that's personal to you. Your equilibrium, your balance. Yeah, basically. yeah. Because everyone's balance is different. Some people maybe need that financial boost that will allow them to create happiness into their life, right? It's not that it'll, yeah, of course. it'll bring that opportunity. But for, you know, for us, there's something about creating. There's something about doing, you know, be, <laughs> putting our mind to a blank canvas and all of a sudden this thing comes out of nowhere. And it's like <laughs> that, that, I don't know, that, that, that rewarding feeling is just, uh, it's hard to explain. I think it's just maybe even as you grow a bit older or you spend time in the industry, your perspective will shift eventually from one thing to another. And yeah, yeah. when I was in my job as an engineer, I don't know if this is related or maybe just because I was younger, but, you know, being 28 at the time, even just five years ago, you know, I was focused on very material aspects of life, you know, like yeah. having a nice car or whatever. And then as it's went on now, you know, I'm watching videos even just before I move out to Tokyo about living as a minimalist and be able to pack your, your life into one suitcase because, you know, for years I kind of hoarded stuff. I mean, years and years ago, I used to collect video games and have cupboards and, and rooms full of it. But then, yeah, eventually I'm I'm trying to just declutter my life and, and try to live as, as minimalist as possible same with money like you know as long as i can earn you know because it was like when i first when i first was looking into the industry way back when um you were hearing these stories with guys at blizzard and riot that were getting like these hundred and twenty thousand dollar um a year contracts and all this money but then you slowly as you learn you know as you become less ignorant you learn that like in california like it's so expensive to live <laughs> those yeah. wages seem attractive at the time but really that's just like an average wage for a lot of people because yeah like housing is so expensive so um i always say to myself when it got to a point even i think last year i was saying you know look i'm not looking to be rich here as long as i could sustain myself with yeah. enough money then exactly. i'm quite happy so yeah yeah and that's why i think it's like really important to like to know yourself to really understand and that that was like a hard lesson in the past two years and and we, we may we may get into it but like the you know uh, here working in high res and kind of going through some experiences of self, like I really had to let go of the lies that I was kind of like telling myself in order to really understand what made me happy and ultimately find better opportunities because I was paying more attention to those important aspects of my life. So yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. I, I think it's, it's, I, I definitely warn or not warn, but, I really want artists that are coming across across this podca podcast to be a lot more mindful of who they are and what really is fulfilling for them. And yeah. I think when you focus on that, it's crazy. Like something opportunities come up where it supports that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think if you're, I mean, you're saying mindful, but I think mindfulness is something as well that, that breeds into that meditation, just understanding yourself better than, you know, rather than looking outwards, look inwards. Yeah. Um, so Talking about high res, was that an opportunity that came at a time when you were more focused, or was that still on the path of still finding yourself? Or yeah, I, I definitely think it was still on the path of finding myself. Okay. Uh, my, you know, I had an opportunity to work at high res. I worked pretty much all different parts of the company, uh, from you know doing uh, concepts for Paladins to doing uh, concepts for uh, a new IP over there. Uh, working on cinematics so 
again, it was just kind of like another place to where I can really explore a lot of different options and then find out myself better. But I definitely had probably one of the greater challenges in the last two years, like for example, being in a working environment where, you know, all of a sudden, like I was, I had so much stress and emotional distress that uh, it was actually affecting my physical health. And I actually went to the emergency room because wow. of it, you know? And um, sure. so it was cool to kind of just, this moment was, even though as tough as it was and as painful as it was, I felt like it was this evolution that just happened where I just finally realized myself because, you know, the fire was there and I could not ignore it. And uh, I finally just kind of was just like, oh, wait, this is not where I want to be. And uh, ultimately, I detached myself from that. So was this, the, again, I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but the emergency room thing, was this just uh, was this a burnout thing or working too hard or pushing yourself too much? Or? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's no secret that the, the game industry is extreme can be extremely stressful uh you know we've seen stuff like headlines from like uh bioware uh with anthem and you see like how a lot of people suffered uh mental health just going wrong. Through. yeah which is just wrong yeah. yeah and uh ultimately you know bioware is not the only uh environment that has that it, you know it's they're just the only one that's being covered right now because of course, game, yeah. it's, that game was like out of outside of people's expectation but yeah. um that culture uh, was something that I was, hev- you know, heavily under, and because of that, uh, you know, you're working. There were moments. I remember there were moments I was working three months with uh, without a weekend, and it was nine to oh, eleven, nine a.m. to eleven p.m. every day. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, and it was scary because, like, all of a sudden, like my my physical health was taking a toll, um, and there was this there was this moment where i was so stressed out and i was so sick that i felt like i had to detach from work and then there was this fear of like if i don't leave but if i leave work i will lose all my health benefits and if i get sick more what am i going to do but ultimately it was because of that environment that i was getting yeah. sick so i had to kind of just jump and just just remove myself from the situation and then finally like after a couple, you know, after a while, reevaluate myself and see who I am and why do I want to do art and then find opportunities that support that. Wow. I mean, that's oh, Jesus Christ, man. I just want to run over there and give you a hug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's, I remember this is going, like, my first proper industry event was industry workshops in London 2016. And I met a guy there who I had idolized for the last year because I knew what he worked on. He was working on particular game for a particular company um and like the the stories he was telling me of why he went freelance were like horrific and i was Mm -hmm. like oh my god is this what i'm walking into is this what you know my life's going to be like and i've heard people argue both sides it right i've heard people say look you know these things are a business people need to make money um this is this is studios are but as long as you look after your own health you'll be fine and obviously people who say well it's a fucking atrocity. People shouldn't be getting treated like this. They shouldn't be like. I mean, there's been so many the last couple of months, right? You know, like the division guys, all the PR guys getting let go. Um, Blizzard laying off your Activision laying off the 800 people. Um, the Telltale fiasco when people yeah. I knew were getting laid off and escorted from the building and couldn't even get back in to fucking pick up their own stuff. Like, 
I can really understand why people go contracting freelance because unless you find that company who really like will treat you like a fucking human being. Like I, I think I've said this in our podcast before is that the reason I wanted to go work for Blizzard wasn't even like the super awesome wage or, or the games. I mean, I love the games, but I was told from people I knew that, you know, there was enough respect in Blizzard that you were treated like a human being. Like you were seen as a, a, not just as an asset, but as a person. And, you know, you weren't, you know, kept into like you know 12 o'clock at night and you weren't working every weekend um yeah i mean people bring their fucking dogs to work i mean straight away <laughs> i was like that's going to be a positive right surely <laughs> um so yeah like finding that studio that will treat you with respect it's hard and i think it's harder when you're young as well because you do just want to please everybody and you want to work hard because you want to be seen as a viable team member yeah <sighs> there's so much to unpack there but yeah dive in it if you can um yeah, well, I mean, after you know, after after quitting and removing myself to allow myself to be treated like that or be put in that environment, like I really focused on what did I want to do, what are, what are my core values, and you know, you could, you know, a lot of my friends, like <laughs> I, I, I gotta thank them and I appreciate them for being there because you know they were they were seeing me seeing this broken artist for a little while and uh, I had to definitely had a lot of conversations with everyone to kind of help me see and have a better perspective. But ultimately, was just like okay, well, what what is fun for me to draw? Like what is fun for me to paint? Let me just do that. You know, uh, don't paint or do art because I need a job right now. Like. Let me just focus on my health and just focus on what is really fun for me. And uh, ultimately, right afterwards, which was like perfect timing, was the event in Malta, which THU. And I brought my art book there and, and I wanted to showcase my work. And in my art book was no professional work. It was all personal work. And I wanted to just not seek validation, but I just wanted to present who I was and what I felt was a fun part of me. And it was inspiring because, you know, showcasing, you know, my work over there, everyone's like, Oh dude, this is cool. Or, and they're like reminiscing of their childhood or, Oh, I love this. And that's when I, I, I like, it was just kind of like a breath of fresh air and a realization of like, this is why I want to do art. I want to connect with people. I want to connect with people and have a positive experience not because I want to sell a, a loot box <laughs> or, <laughs> or or sell like a costume or whatever like that. It's just I want to have I want to resonate with people and I want to create an experience that you know ho- hopefully gives a positive outcome. You know, creates a positive outcome. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I mean, definitely like you're speaking my fucking language. Like that's exactly what I'm trying to do with Tokyo. Like that is exactly why I want to go there and take almost a year away from art and rediscover my sketchbook and rediscover what I love because um, when I first left like my job I was almost getting into comics like and I loved anime I loved the eastern style <laughs> of drawing and I thought like you know I used to sit and draw Goku stuff with DBZ um, like Avatar Aang all that kind of stuff like in my, in my sketchbook and then when I started doing the workshops I saw this like super you know photorealistic stuff and you know gritty characters and the guys from CD Projekt Red where they're developing stuff from The Witcher and I was like, oh, well, I need to make stuff like this to get a job. Like, yeah, obviously, you know, yeah. Yeah. but then like, yeah, now, you know, three, four years later, um, on year five now, I'm sitting here like, well, why did I want to leave my job? What actually made me excited about doing art and what is it I want to do? So 
yeah, I'm just going back to the route of characters again. I'm going to do character development. I'm going to be more stylized. I'm going to do funkier stuff. And yeah, like it's it's weird how sometimes it can take so many years of that soul searching to actually find what you want to do. It's difficult. It really is difficult. Yeah, well, it's like I feel I don't know why, but like it's people are feel guilty or they're afraid. They're afraid of the idea that or they create this idea in their head where if you're doing something that you love, there has to be a huge cost, you know, like a negative cost. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like, um, for example, this job that I I got over at Monami Park, um, Mm -hmm. they reached out to me and uh, at that time I wasn't looking for a job. I just posted my my work and I was doing the things that I enjoyed and they reached out to me because they liked the stuff that I enjoyed and it resonated with them too. And I think that's a powerful thing, especially with technology right now. It's like you were able to connect with, I mean, everyone, everybody essentially that has access to this. And if you create something that you really like and you enjoy, people that also enjoy that content will find may somehow find a find a way to contact you you know and it's it's crazy like i i i don't know i i really i i think that this is a perfect time to really just do what resonates with you and then you're gonna find opportunity that way instead of forcing yourself to do something that is marketable and you don't really care for it too much and you're going to be competing against people that are really passionate about that content and of course, you're gonna you you know you're gonna have work that are less you know comparably to them because they're excited about that, and you're not. You're just doing it to get a job. Yeah. No, I mean, a hundred percent. I I know what you're saying, and I think it was you know even just recently I had a student talking to me um, um in one of my classes, and he was saying that you know I should I do this or did that if I do this kind of art, we'll maybe get into this kind. And I'm like, dude where where do you want to work and he's like i don't i don't know and i'm like well try and figure that out first and then maybe if that is like your end goal if that's where you want to work if that's your dream then sure aim your portfolio towards that style but then like you really should just be making stuff you want to make like stuff you enjoy making because if you get a job doing things you don't like and you have to sit and do that for i'm saying 45 hours a week maybe more you're going to burn out really quickly. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be done in the first week. You'll be like, fuck this. And all that work is then out the door because you've left the job a weekend. So, you know, but if you love it, if you really do love it, then sure, if you have to work maybe a wee bit overtime or a wee bit here and there, then yeah, you're not going to mind as much because you enjoy the process. So, you know, that's that's the idea, right? And it's about loving the process and all the end result. That's the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, well, like, so art is just pretty much visual language, right? It's still, it's a language. It's some way... That- it's a way that we communicate. And then just like, you know, my tone of voice, if like, if I'm really bored about talking about something, but you know, this is what's marketable right now, you're going to be able to tell, you know, that I'm not excited about it. You know, that I'm not being genuine about it. So if you're going to create something that you're not excited about to market yourself to others that know how to really read this language, <laughs> they're going to be like, Oh dude, you look like you're bored doing this. Like, why are you even trying to apply here? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's it's a thing even, you know, with other artists I spoke with where everybody's gone through this whole self-discovery journey. And I think it's because when I first left my job, and you're talking like 2011, the end of 2011, the internet really hadn't exploded into what it is now. Like, ArtStation wasn't even a thing yet, right? So, like, DeviantArt was the only thing I knew you could post your stuff on. 
And then concept art, I would say, has only really been a thing properly for maybe six or seven years. Yeah. Um, it was like art books were a thing at one point, and people were like, holy shit, you can make art. Because like, I think my first art book was um, Skyrim or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think even the thing that got me in it was watching like the God of War 3 documentary. So, um, or was it the Halo 3 documentary? Anyway, one of them. But, like, yeah, it, the art side of it, like that side of it was, it's almost just arrived you know and yeah so we are probably the first generation artists that are then trying to find our way through that landscape because of you know the whole boom and then thinking well do i need to make stuff like this stuff what makes good concept art is this a good concept or do i need to draw in this style and And that's that's an interesting point i mean just to kind of give validate to your statement or to to context to your statement uh, i've worked on a lot of projects that didn't even have concepting as part of their yeah. pipeline because they just didn't know it's not, it wasn't standard. Yeah. So. Yeah. When that's interesting as well, because like you said back when even you were working for riot, that was almost at their infancy because, you know, I would only say in the last five years, they've kind of exploded into the, the monumental thing it is now, you know, that league is now, but yeah. back then it was still, you know, very young in the, in the industry and yeah, concepting as well is again, a thing that's, that's just, um, I mean, even back in the day in the nineties, when they wanted art to be done for a project, they would literally get the guy in the office who could draw the best and he would do all the art for the game. So yeah, concepting is, is a thing where it's only became a job. I think because they wanted to push the visual language of these projects really far and in the next level. And to do that, you have to spend more time iterating on a process um, because 3d can get to a point where, you know, like a box looks like a box or, <laughs> a door looks like a door but then with characters and stuff that's more imaginative creatures or that kind of stuff you then have to play almost with the pencil with the pen or with the wacom stylus and and develop something that almost hasn't been seen before yeah. you know a door with crystals around it or a box that has like moss all over it or is more aged so yeah like that's probably why so many of us are fucking miserable because <laughs> we're just like the guinea pigs for the industry i mean that's gonna be right right yeah I mean, but you know what's crazy though? Like what's really cool about our profession is that as concept artists, you have to learn about a lot of stuff in order to recreate it. You have to learn about characters. You have to learn about people. You have to learn about the psychology of people and their emotional things. And mm-hmm. and I guess like that's why it's like, you know, it can be overwhelming for an artist because there's so yeah. much to learn. And yeah, yeah. because of that, there's so much to learn. You forget to learn about yourself. You know, you put yourself on the backside because you're like, if I don't learn about cars <laughs> in the next like five, you know, five weeks, I'm not going to get this job over here. And uh, I think, yeah, knowing yourself first and then going out to, you know, to learn the other subject matter. I think that's what's really important. Oh, dude, I remember a person I was with uni, I was at uni with him and he literally saw a job. A games company wanted to work for and he was like oh they're looking for a ui designer i'll start learning ui and i was like <laughs> do you, you want to do ui he's like no nah. i'm like well then i fucking learn it then <laughs> like it's, there's no point in doing that but like yeah like you almost do these things where you look at job applications and they're like oh you need to know zbrush and you need to know that and you're like oh fuck i need to learn i don't know what to learn zbrush but you know no i'm saying other way but then people would sometimes be like oh i, want, I have to go learn this software that i didn't really want to learn and then yeah, then you're left in this whole thing of like you're you're picking up pieces of the other parts of the projects because you feel it's going to be like valid for you as a job. But then, like you said, if you get that job and you don't you don't enjoy that process, then 
you're just going to back at square one where you're then like, oh, I need to look for another yeah. job now because I hate this one. So, because um, Slime Rancher's, you know, um, it's, it's probably a really awesome game and, and Monomy Park are probably an awesome studio, but um, you have seen a trend of people moving from these massive big studios like Jamaro and Blizzard, who's now working at the, I forget the game, the game, the, the game company he's, he's moved into, but they're working on a project for Marvel, I'm sure it is, or an IP, but, you know, like I say, we thought he would be Blizzard forever, but now he's like, well, no, no, I want to do this thing, this new challenge, this thing that excites me more. Because, um, yeah, like, I think if MD had talked to you without knowing your your history and said, oh, wow, you left Riot Games? Like, you know, why would you do that? Like, it must have been a really good gig, and what, what, were you crazy? Are you mad? You know, like, but, yeah, it's it's, it's not... It's not the project or the company; it's the validation you get as an artist. That's what you're searching for, right? Well, it's, it's not, maybe not validation of the artist, like because now I I don't like that word anymore. Validation, well, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think it's just uh, what really what like what really fulfills me, and that's what I'm finding. It's not a project. That was, that was it, the word. That was the word I was looking for. Was yeah, fulfillment. For, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, for me, like, I, I guess I'll, I can give you a little window to my, my core values. Like what I want is to live a healthy and fulfilling life so that I can better myself and every, you know, hopefully everyone around me. And I want to put myself in an environment that supports that. And the the reason why Monomi Park was a very exciting thing for me is because when I was looking at the reviews for Slime Rancher, there were some people that were commenting on like, hey, I was really sad and depressed. And then I played this game and it put a smile on my face. And wow. for me, it was like, oh, you know, like this game is not about shooting people. You know, not, not that I don't have any problem with shooters, but this game is about, you know, just um, farming, farming slimes and... Uh, you know, just developing and de- <laughs> developing your farm and all that stuff. And it's a really charming and it's fun and people are smiling. And it's so, yeah. uh, for me, like if they were able to kind of create that experience for other people and that's what they want to do, then hell yeah, man, I'm all about it. Oh so. yeah, totally. Like the, the, the end result for that game isn't like, you know, maybe what we say be Anthem and stuff like that. It's not the profit margin. It's no, you know, pleasing the shareholders. It's no making all this money. It's, it's about, making money obviously as a business but at the same time it's more about pleasing those fans building something with love and passion and dedication and you know like you're not going to have to sacrifice parts of yourself to then make this a good game like people do it because they love it because it's a hopefully you know a healthy environment and you know i think i I agree with that like you know blizzard would be great to work for maybe one day in the future um but if i could get a gig you know doing book covers or doing something that just made me happy and I had enough money to live then yeah like I wouldn't need much else I wouldn't need to work at Blizzard it's not a thing where like you know I'd feel sad or un unfulfilled if I yeah. didn't have that job yeah well I you know I, I hope that there's a wake-up call happening in the game industry because we've seen multiple games where extremely high budget stressful work schedules and they weren't successful you know yeah. Maybe they 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 created equal, but ultimately it wasn't a huge success, and a lot of people had something to say negatively about it. So I think that's why you're seeing a lot of these smaller companies that are like, "Hey, we don't have to make crazy huge risks because we're spending a lot of money on marketing and this and that or whatever. We can just create a experience that we like, and then find people that also like that same experience." 
and share yeah, it with I, them. And uh, I think it's very, um, it's very on the nose what you're saying. I think it's exactly what because you, you look at Destiny and the money and time and resources that went into that, and then the game itself has not done well. There's been a lot of backlash. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think I think there's always going to be AAA games, right? The, how like there's AAA movies and all that stuff like that. But uh, it's it's weird. I think we're in this time where there's so much content out there that you can't play it all. So what do you want to do for yourself? You want to find content that you enjoy. It doesn't have to be what everyone's playing. So I think that's why there's game companies that are branching out. That's why there's even movie companies that are making indie films for only specific groups for niche audiences. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's, even it's, with yeah, not on you go, sorry. No, 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 no. No, I was just going to say, even with artists, you know, the whole patron thing, like, that is a thing now where, you know, yeah, yeah. You, might only, yeah, you might only need, like, maybe 500 people in the world to like your stuff, and then they could probably sustain you for yeah. the rest of your days. I mean, like, I mean, way, 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 way back when I first kind of got any art, like, um, I think Sakimi-chan was one of the first people to properly launch her patron. And yeah, she, I think within the first like couple of months, she had something like 25,000 a term. And I was like, holy shit, <laughs> yeah. some serious money. So yeah, and, um, and, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Sakimi-chan, she's a sellout of blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, yeah. Sakimi-chan has been doing the same thing that she has been doing since the beginning. And now she's finally kind of getting financial success out of it. So yeah, like we live in an awesome time where if you just do what you want to do, there might be people that will support you. So yeah, totally. I mean, the thing, like I say, is the thing with Patreon that's been great is that it has made that whole thing of connecting people with their audiences and making sure that if you have a niche or you have a market, then you know you'll be able to find it. Patreon will be a thing where you can, you know, exchange those skills for cash, but no, a thing where you're to any deadline like you're in charge of what goes out and when it goes out yeah. and that means that yeah you, you don't have to worry about the next step and getting another job or fulfilling something to get an employment i mean i know like um speaking to ahmed when he was talking about launching his patreon because he was getting his money for just literally launching his files up onto the internet he didn't have to stay in la so he was like he traveled and he went to japan and he got to see a bit of the world and you know rich is the same rich Carey, he ended up leaving the uk um, because he was working freelance and went and worked in Japan also, um, and but he's just using his tourist visa, just you know, getting to see the the country and also work freelance, you know. So because um, all he needs, needs now is he's an, an iPad Pro and his <laughs> yeah. pencil, and he was doing work for uh, Epic Games, making skins for Fortnite. So yeah, like there's there's this new I think after the couple of years I've had where it's been kind of sketchy, there's this new. Um, revolution, this new freedom that's now coming out where people can like I said, be more free with their art. I think it, it probably primarily is here towards 2D artists because with 3D I think there still needs to be an in-house presence um, with some of the contracts but yeah it's getting more and more like now you can just work from your bedroom if you really want to. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's fucking amazing. Well, I just, so, so yeah, so obviously you're moving across now in the next couple of weeks um you're going to be in this uh this new um situation with this new studio and stuff um i take it monument park and you're going to be doing the, uh, so you're exclusively going to work on this game slime uh, slime ranchers but then are you also going to be taking freelance stuff on or are you just going to be happy working on this one game or what does the future kind of hold for you now or what's your immediate kind of vision for where you're going forward uh well the so 
working with Monument Park, I'll be working on, you know, expansions for Slime Rancher, but I will also be working on a new IP for them. So, and that's something I can't really comment on, obviously. But, um, at you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of fulfillment that I'll uh, get out of uh, work. And what I hope that, you know, the free time that I do have, uh, I will have kind of a focus on my input. So a lot of art artists, we get in this kind of, um, kind of get this, uh, unhealthy pattern of just always getting an output output because we want to feel productive. Uh, but I want to make sure that, you know, while I'm putting a lot of creativity into work, I'm going to try to find creativity outside of my world. So like I will probably travel a lot or I'll probably, uh, go do some different activities. You know, maybe I'll do hip hop dancing. You know, I, I did a little bit of that over here in Atlanta. So maybe I'll continue that over in San Francisco. I'll, uh, you know, just like things like that, just doing a lot of different, trying to find new experiences and uh, also, um, you know, trying to create uh, work that is still personal to me. I think that's always been something that's important. And uh, of course, I'll just carry that forward. It's just yeah, making cool. something personal, you know, my personal art. So many, I mean, I could list, you know, pages and pages of people I've listened to in podcasts or I've spoke to at conventions or you know, like developing your own thing is always going to be the most fulfilling thing for you to do. And yeah. I think uh, Ahmed was the same. He was saying that, you know, his future goals are basically just going to be, you know, he would he would love to be able just to make something like an IP and then sell it off. And then with the money that's left, use that as time where he can build his next dream project. Because um, yeah. we've, all, we've all got one like floating about. Like, I mean, we were talking to, to him the other day and, you know, I think I mentioned at one point, I was like, I'd love to make my own variation of the Zelda franchise, like have a Zelda game that <laughs> yeah, I created in Unreal or something, you know, because <laughs> we were like, yeah, I mean, like they pretty much nailed the Breath of the Wild, they pretty much nailed the game, but, you know, there's still never been a really hugely successful take on Zelda in the West, maybe something like Witcher, but then that in itself is is less the kind of, along the lines, it's because it's, you know, hyper real, hyper gory. Um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that one day. So yeah, we've all got those things, or a comic book, or a short film, or an animation. So yeah, um, I, I, th- I think something that comes to mind is like I would love to work on an anime, even though it's like totally uh, you know different from games and stuff like that. Uh, I've always loved anime. I've also loved uh, narrative experiences, and uh, I pay a lot of attention to kind of like not just compositions of like screenshots or whatever like that, but just how to tell a compelling story and the, I guess, the pacing of, of how you present those information. So, yeah, man, I, I would love to make an anime. I would be, I would love to do something kind of like Miyazaki, but maybe oh, in a short. <laughs> so, setting the bar high there. <laughs> hey, man, I mean, I, I would hope that, you know, I, I would hope mm. that to set that bar even higher, you know, just. Yeah, yeah, man, definitely. Does, I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, why why not aim for the stars? Like, that's whole, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to check out the, the Ghibli Museum when I'm over there. And <laughs> Yeah, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think they're also working on the theme park or something as well. I'm sure that's actually in the works and is almost, I think it's almost built. I think it's only a couple of years away. I know. One of the ones I'm looking forward to is the fact that where I'll be in Shibuya, Shinjuku, um, it's only like half an hour train ride away from Tokyo Disneyland. So I'm like already wow. That'll uh, be have good. you ever actually been to Japan? Is this going to be your first time on the in the country? Yeah, this will be my first time in Japan. Ooh, so oh man, I'm so excited for you. They, I, like, uh, I, I always get excited for people that go to another country because it's just like it's a life changing event. You just realize yeah. how different the world can be, and it kind of gives you like this idea like, hey, I can 
there's a lot of opportunities. <laughs> you know, I can yeah, do I'm, a lot. Oh man, like it's I mean the job I'm going out to isn't art related, but then I'm kind of thankful for that because I think it will just give my brain time to reset because yeah. since I graduated last year, I've literally just been in the spiral of I don't have a job yet, I don't have a job yet, I don't have a job yet, I don't have a job yet. So like I just need to chill and focus on what makes me happy yeah. and take my sketch back out, uh, sketchbook out and you know i've got myself an ipad pro that was my investment that's going to go with me um oh, and dude, I've got that's, great good. Stuff. that's good yeah yeah um but yeah just get back into using a good old pen and pencil and sketchbook and sit and draw things that i love things that inspire me and no worry about you know is this right for this job is this right for this career i just want to take time just to find myself again and i think i'll find myself by getting a bit lost in japan i think that's the plan Dude, that's good. I, mean, I think I think when you take yourself and uproot yourself from your old patterns and routine, and then you're pretty much starting anew, yeah, you're going to have that opportunity where you can really know yourself. And uh, just based off of kind of my experience in life, like I moved around, I've moved around a lot. And even in earlier parts of my life, I was moving back and forth from Japan as a child. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, also, you know, my, my stepdad, he's Moroccan. And I had to, you know, I was fortunate enough to see what Morocco is like in France and all different parts oh, of wow. Europe. So Jesus. having having my environment change a lot allowed me to see what stuck as me as a person, what didn't change. And I, I'm really excited for you, man. That's going to be a crazy opportunity. I'm just hoping that it is going to be as good as everyone says it is because like, if I go across and it's shit, I'm going to feel really bad. Well, like, hold on. No. Let, me, let me lower the expectation. It's going to be horrible and the food, uh, <laughs> the food is not going to be great and uh, the transportation system is bad over there. So, oh, I know that's wrong. So, yeah. No, I mean, like everybody I know who has went, including the guy who's helped me get this job, um, has said that they have like found themselves in Tokyo. Like it's been just, you know, just Tokyo, but Japan itself, like the whole culture of that place is... And I think because in Scotland, it's a very inside culture. So because the weather sucks most of the time, you spend a lot of time indoors. There's not a lot to see and do. The country's quite small and kind of cut off from the rest of the, the country with the UK and England. So um, people keep telling me that the, the whole culture shift is because a lot of the places people live are so small. They spend a lot of time outdoors. You know, they go to really, really awesome big parks and do their hobbies and play guitar and talk to people and have lunches or they go away and they sightsee or they see other parts of Japan. So... I'm hoping that's going to be the case and that's going to be something that will inspire me moving well, forward. Dude, I, I hope you do a, a podcast of your journey, you know, in Japan, because I think <sighs> I think that would be awesome for a lot of people to hear. I mean, that's just what I'm in two minds about this, because I, I just recently said that, like, um, because these this is the reason we're doing so many interviews so close together, is that these were going to come out throughout the year. Um, without me having to prompt them so they were just going to be set on the like, youtube scheduler and they would just come out you know at set times throughout the year and i wouldn't have to um, talk to people at certain times and then you know uploadable that would all be taken care of before i leave the country so there would be 12 episodes this year one would come out every month and then i wouldn't need to worry about it and then we did think about doing almost like a travel vlog thing but the two minds i'm in is because one i'm like that would be kind of cool and i know people who are youtubers in japan are very minute and it's quite a niche market so like it wouldn't be oversaturated i probably would get some views at the same time i'm going to be working 40 hours a week and i'm going to try and be learning some art so i'm like i'm not going to take on too much to the point where like i feel like i'm i'm overburdening myself with stuff um yeah that's fair i mean something though i guess the value that i i feel like you could bring is just you don't have to even do it like throughout the trip, but like, you know, we were, we're talking about like self-discovery and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just maybe even just presenting you before 
and after you know mm. at a certain point where you definitely have found a good amount of answers for yourself that where you're considerably different i think that would be crazy you know you don't have to make all these videos in between but seeing that progression right there man uh, i i you know I, i'm kind of i'm kind of envious that you're gonna have this experience for the first time and i wish i could be there just to see it all so yeah dude uh, this this is awesome and i i think that for a lot of artists that what you're doing is a really great example of just kind of getting out of your comfort zone and this will allow you to really find who you are yeah man i think that's definitely going to be the case and i think that's why i want to go dark so when i came back next year with a kind of breadth of workers or experience then i could just kind of hit people with like the one-two punch straight away and be like hey dudes mark station changed overnight here's all my new work and uh and see how the world then accepts me um, <laughs> oh so, man that's awesome yeah, and oh dude you're you're gonna have a awesome you're gonna have so many things to eat too there over there it's so good <laughs> yeah it's almost uh it's, it's difficult as well because um i've been vegan for a long time and i know that um it, it can be difficult over there because like everything has fish in it so i'm kind of even the broth like a broth and a lot of stuff is, is kind of it will have a, a remnants of fish in it so it's like oh, i don't know how i'm going to dodge but i've been told in tokyo especially there is a lot more new uh, options for for vegan people as well um to, to experiment with food and stuff like that so i'll see how it goes i mean i might have to change my diet slightly i'll see how i, I end up when i'm over there but yeah. yeah like whenever we watch a lot of travel stuff or people we watch who live over there like the, the one thing they talk about is food like just the the abundance of it and how cheap it is and you can eat you know a main course for like 400 yen which is next to nothing so <laughs> yeah yeah so, yeah, we've already been collecting yen. We've already been um, packing our bags primarily. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep in touch as, as as the year goes on. And I'm sure um, I'll, I'll fill you in on yeah. the side that's been going on and things we've been saying. Um, so, yeah, definitely, man. Okay. Um, yeah, well, all I need to say now is just uh, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for giving up your time and, you know, talking to me about shit. It has been an absolute honor and a pleasure to speak with you. Um so, Same right here, man. Well, thank you very much. Um, if you guys are listening, um, check out Realm's work. Um, I'll link it in the links below in the description. And uh, yeah, leave any questions you want from I'll make sure he finds them. And uh, stay tuned. You can check us out. Obviously, we're on different platforms YouTube, Spotify, uh, iTunes podcast services, SoundCloud, and a lot of other things. Um, just make sure you keep tuned to us. We'll have more awesome interviews coming up. Um, and yeah, just uh, have to say bye and thanks. Bye, guys. Peace.